How do we integrate our faith into a life that is already full? Prayer, rest, work, relationships. These areas of our lives are important to us, and they are important to God. But to experience transformation in every part of our lives, we can't just end with good intentions. We must adopt new patterns, manageable, inspiring, spirit-filled routines that will reorient the vital areas of our lives back to God. We need rhythms. Hey, so good to be with you in this building. So many of you here for the call to worship. Good job, everybody, and good morning. Great to be in the house of God with you all. I have a question. How many of you have already, at this point, given up on your New Year's resolutions? You don't have to show of hands or anything, rhetorical question. But if it's a lot of you, I just want you to know that you're not alone, okay? Statistically speaking, 80% of people in America who make New Year's resolutions will give up on them within six weeks. That would be this week. So if that's you... Uh, Not only are you not alone, but the problem isn't, as we've been talking for the past few weeks, isn't necessarily with you. The problem is often with the way that we shape our goals, the way that we form our goals. A lot of research suggests that most New Year's resolutions fail for a couple of reasons. One, they are usually motivated by guilt, which doesn't work for a long time. And two, our goals tend to be so large as to be impossible and unrealistic. So our New Year's resolutions tend to be formulated and motivated by guilt and too big to actually do. That's the problem. And that's what we've been talking about for the last seven weeks, is that instead of New Year's resolutions, instead of last-minute, guilt-induced New Year's resolutions that we're going to fail to keep within six weeks... We need spirit-filled rhythms in our lives that will sustain us, not just for six weeks, not even just for a year, but for our life. And so we started that series. That, the whole series, Rhythms, has been about that, how to cultivate your soul in a fast-paced life. And we started by looking at the book of Daniel, how Daniel cultivated some of the major areas of his life with spirit-filled rhythms. And so the idea here has not been to just add more busy work into already busy lives, but to take those major spaces that we're already a part of. Uh, We talked about them for four weeks straight, things like prayer, uh, work, rest, and relationships, and to ask ourselves, where is God already moving in the spaces in which I live, and how can I be more aware of that? How can I turn that into a rhythm? Last week, we spoke about the rhythm of our corporate gathering, how important Sunday morning is, and here we are at the end of a seven-week series on rhythms to wrap it up. Uh, And to do that, I want to end our series with a passage in John chapter 16, verse 13. You can turn there if you have your Bibles with you. It will also be on the screen when I read it. As a launch point into what we're going to be talking about, we've talked about rhythms We've talked about major spaces in our lives. Today, we're going to make space for God to speak into those areas of our lives, and that's what I want to talk about today. This is John chapter 16, verse 13. Jesus says this in verse 13. We're just looking at this passage, this verse. He says to his disciples, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. 
For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. I just want to camp out on that verse for a few minutes, if that's all right. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus, by the power and authority of your word, by the presence of your Holy Spirit, to actually speak about your word and your spirit. As we've just been attempting to understand what it looks like to have a spirit-filled, rhythm, uh, structured life, we ask now uh, more than ever that you would speak into our lives and that you would direct us. We trust that you will because that is what you do. You love us more than anybody and anything, and your word is good, your will is perfect. And we're just asking that just for the next few minutes, we can immerse ourselves in the word and will of God today. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Amen. So it's tax season, and some of us just want the free version. For some of us, we just want TurboTax. We just want the free software. We want to get it done. We want to get it done free. For others, it's not the software. It's perhaps a more government-oriented version. Maybe it's H&R Block. And then for some of us, it's the free version uh, because we want to do it ourselves. We want to do our own taxes. Perhaps you're doing your own taxes because your life is simple enough for you to do your own taxes or because you are one of the few who are a CPA and so you do your own taxes, which stands for Creature of Paranormal Activity. <laughs> but then there's a few of us in this room who have done it so many times and have messed up so many times. Uh, that we're saying something completely different. We're like, I don't care what it takes. I don't care what it costs. Just somebody tell me what to do. Somebody tell me how to file my taxes. Now, I say this because the spiritual life is kind of like your taxes. It gets complicated enough that we sometimes, no matter how much we plan, we've been planning for an entire series, that's what Rhythms is, No matter how much we plan, sometimes we just need God to tell us what to do. I would argue that we always need God to tell us what to do, no matter how well we plan. And as we've been planning, uh, installing, even looking at rhythms in our lives and how they can direct our lives to be connected to God in the fast-paced lives that so many of us have, we come back full circle to this prevailing truth. The best rhythms come from hearing and being led by God's voice, from knowing what we're supposed to do, how we're supposed to live, what we're supposed to desire, how we're supposed to behave, how we're supposed to be activated. We are to be people that are constantly being led by God's voice, hence John chapter 16. Uh, Right before this happened, if you were to read the rest of the chapter, you'd see that this is right on the heels of the disciples losing like the best person in their lives, Jesus. Jesus dies on the cross, and they are scattered and in turmoil. Then he rises from the dead. He's like, hey, guys. They're like, yes, you're back. And now he's going to leave and ascend to the Father, right? And now they're back in turmoil. And he says in the first few verses of John chapter 16, he says, hey, it's to your advantage that I go. Don't worry about it. It's going to get better. Your life is going to be better with me not here physically. How could that possibly be the case? And he goes on to say in verse 13 that the spirit of truth or the comforter, the Holy Spirit, is going to come and guide you into all truth and to tell you the things that I'm declaring to you, the things that are to come. 
what I want to speak about today, and it's only for a short amount of time, uh, this might be the shortest sermon I have ever given in six years at this church, probably about 25 minutes, because I want to speak about how God speaks, but I don't want to speak about how God speaks forever. I want to create enough time for us to actually practice and make space to hear God speak. So I'm going to speak for a few minutes, but then we're going to have an extended time of worship through song and response so that we can begin practicing listening to the voice of God. So I'm going to get right into it. Does that sound all right? I want to give you three ways that God speaks, three foundational ways. These are not the, this is not an exhaustive list, but these are all important, starting with the first uh, and initial way that God speaks to human beings, and that is through this thing called spiritual rebirth, spiritual rebirth, where you are changed from the inside out. That is God's first word to a human person. I'm getting this from Jesus himself. He says in John chapter 3, verse 3, Jesus tells this guy named Nicodemus, truly, truly, I say to you, unless someone is born again, they cannot see the kingdom of God. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, Nicodemus is confused because he thinks Jesus is speaking literally, and he would go on to say, how can a person go back into the womb? That's impossible. That's crazy. Jesus goes on to explain. I'm not, explain, I'm not speaking about physical rebirth. I'm speaking about spiritual rebirth. The Bible, from beginning to end, speaks about a spiritual rebirth, some of the most uh, some of the most gritty visuals that we get of this process is from the prophets Jeremiah and Ezekiel, who speak about the heart. Again, not the literal heart of flesh and blood, but the deepest part of who you are, the command center of the human personality. And those prophets would go on to say, there's coming a time where I will exchange your heart of stone for a heart of flesh. I will give you my spirit. You will desire and love to do the things that I do. It will no longer be an obligation to you. Your heart will be thrilled by it. What's he speaking about? He's speaking about an interchange. Jesus says you must have interchange to hear the voice of God, to be in communion with God, to know God, to be in relationship with Him, you have to have a complete overhaul of your spiritual insights. And that is exactly what the Holy Spirit has come to do. Uh, he would go on to say, uh, Paul would go on to say in 1 Corinthians 2.11, uh, no one comprehends the thoughts of God except for the Spirit of God. In other words, this is really important for what we're talking about today. Because you can't hear him on this level unless you have been changed from the inside. Unless you are indwelt with the Holy Spirit, can you then hear what God is speaking to you? So the first way God speaks to people is by changing them from the inside out, by being born again. Maybe that's for some of you today. Maybe some of you are like, I like this church thing. I like, the, I like coming, to here, coming to this thing every now and then. The people are cool. Uh, I'm enjoying myself, but something's still missing. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's this. For some of you, maybe there's an invitation here from Jesus Christ himself. You must be born again. Some of you might be saying, well, how do I do that? Well, only Christ can do that. But listen, if you're already asking those questions today, if you're already curious if you're already desiring God in your life, you should take that as a sign that the Holy Spirit is already trying to get your attention, and that is the greatest gift that you've gotten all year long. Respond to that in Jesus' name. Say, yes, Lord. 
I don't know what's happening. I might not have all the answers, but I feel you tugging on my spirit. Do whatever you want to do to me right now. I want it. Open my eyes to see you, to understand you. And that's where you start the journey with Christ and with the church. And that is a great journey. The second way that God speaks to us is through the scriptures. He speaks to us through his word. This is more than just a book. And it's more than just a piece of fine literature. It's more than just ancient history, even though it is all of those things. Uh, Paul would say in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, all scripture is God-breathed. Literally, God-inspired. That means that even though human beings authored letters and books of history, what we're reading right here, according to the uh, Christian history and tradition, going all the way back to the apostles, is that God himself was operating in those authors. Meaning, this isn't just the opinions of human people. This is God speaking to the human race about his heart and his will. This is incredible. We should be devouring this. Paul would go on to say, all Scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness, so that we may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. This is how God shapes us into the people that we are, or the people that we are supposed to be. Jesus would go on to pray in John, I believe it's uh, John chapter 7, somewhere in John, he would say, God, sanctify them in your truth, your word is truth. Change them. Romans chapter 10 verse 10 says that faith comes by hearing. Hearing what? Hearing the word of God. This is how Christians are changed. They're changed initially by spiritual rebirth, but they are then shaped by the word of God. Why? Because it tells us who God is. In fact, Paul would say something astounding in Romans chapter 12 verse 2. He'd say, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed by the shaping of your ideas in your mind. And then he would go on to say, then you will know what God's will is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. In other words, in order to know what God loves, in order to know what he likes, in order to know what he hates, in order to know what his will is for our life, we must be immersed in his written will. And for some of you, if this is the beginning of your journey, it might be like, you know, a proverbial answer book. You're like, I don't know what God thinks about this, or I'm running into this situation. What does God have to say about it? You talk about it with other Christians. You look at it in the scriptures. But over time, it becomes a thing that, that develops your familiarity with a living person, God. At first, it might just be curiosity and love for his word. At first, it might just be looking for answers, but as time goes on, you will become more familiar with God, who is an actual person, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, persons. And as you ingest His Word, you will become more familiar with Him. In the beginning, you might be looking for answers, but over time, you will just know who your Father is because you have spent so much time with Him. I think of this uh, with my wife, Brianna. When I first met her, I was asking her all sorts of questions. What do you like? What do you enjoy? What do you hate? What do you look for in a guy? You know? <laughs> but after like five years, we'll go, we'll go to public events together or parties or dinners, and I won't ask her anything. I'll just see the way that her eye looks at me, and I will fill in the blanks. We'll be, we'll be at like a, a public gathering. She'll look at me for a split second, and I will already know. It's like words are coming into my head. We need to get out of here right now. I need some introverted alone time. There's too many people here. Let's go. 
just kidding, that's me speaking to myself. But case notwithstanding, I know her a little better. Uh, five years ago, if I were to go shoe shopping for my wife, I would know certain things about her without having to ask. Like, do not buy her high heels. I would never do that. Now, 10 years later, I know even more about her. Just don't go shoe shopping for her at all. <laughs> don't touch that. So I don't. It's the same with God. It's the same with the scriptures. There's certain rudimentary things that we learn as we pick up the scriptures and learn about God, what he loves, what he's about, what his vision is, what his heart is for you. But the more you get to know him, the more you will become familiar with him. In other words, the Bible begins to shape your worldview. It renews your mind to think and act and be like God. That is the reason. If that, for that reason alone, we should love the scriptures. We should be devouring it. 40 minutes, or in this case, 25 minutes today, is simply not enough for the Christian. We should be in this as often as possible, devouring it. If you don't know where to start, just start with a gospel. Read about Jesus and let your heart be thrilled. You don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to figure it out. Just enjoy it. If you don't enjoy it, ask the Holy Spirit to give you a desire and a passion for his word. Spiritual rebirth is the first way that God speaks. Scripture is the other way that God speaks. And the last one, and this is the one I want to camp out on today for the time that I have, is that inner voice of God inside of us. If you are a believer, if you're a Christian, you have access to the voice of God. He can speak to you. He probably is speaking to you. He's probably speaking to you all the time. Uh, I want to give you three scriptures, two of them to show what I'm talking about and one to give an example. Romans chapter 8 verse 14 says that for those who are led by the Spirit of God, they are children of God. Now that means, very basically, uh, it's talking about that initial spiritual rebirth, but it doesn't stop there. If you are converted, if you are born again, you are continually being led by the Spirit of God. That is the Christian life. Uh, John chapter 10 verse 3 says, the sheep hear Christ's voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. That happens at the very beginning when you are born again. He's calling you to follow him, but it doesn't stop there. He constantly then calls you and ministers to you and speaks to you. I want to give you an example of this that is so astounding to me. This is in Acts chapter 16 verse 6 uh, through 10, and it says, uh, <clears throat> This is speaking of Paul, and they're looking for a place to camp out to minister. And it says in verse 6, And they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. They were stopped from going a certain direction. And when they had come to Mysia, they attempted to go into Bithynia. These are some towns, okay? But the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. So passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there, urging him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go on into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. You see this? This is incredible. Paul, on a minute-by-minute -minute basis, feeling the unction and movement of the Holy Spirit within him, there's different phrases for it, uh, Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus, the vision, but it's all the same God speaking and moving in Paul's life in a, on a momentary basis. 
Wouldn't you love to live that way? That is accessible to you in Christ. All the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are in Christ. All the blessings of God in heaven are yours in Jesus Christ. Every promise of God is yes in Christ. Amen. Those are all accessible to you. God speaks to his people, and not merely in the initial act of salvation, but in day-to-day important decisions that we might not be given explicit detail of in the scriptures. For example, the Bible will tell you how to be a person of character in a relationship, but how do you know who to marry, or if you're supposed to marry, or what career to follow, or whether to do this or to do that? There is so much nuance in life. But God, as we see in the pattern of Scripture, seems to lead his people in everything that they do. The question that perhaps some of us are asking today is, how do we hear the inner voice of God inside of us? Assuming you have been born again and you are immersed in his revealed word in the Scriptures... There is an inner voice of God's Spirit inside of us that is constantly moving. How do you hear that? Uh, I think it's 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11 that refers to, a, refers to this as discernment, discerning the will of God. Uh, and it's this idea that God is always moving and always active, and we are just growing more aware of His activity in our lives and following that activity. Ignatius of Loyola in the four, uh, 400s, referred to this with some helpful terms called consolation and desolation, the sense in our, in our hearts that God is moving in certain ways. Uh, Ruth Haley Barton puts it this way. She says, consolation is that interior movement of the heart that gives us a deep sense of life-giving connection with God, others, and our authentic self. Desolation is the loss of a sense of God's presence. Ah, it's that, ah. Indeed, we feel out of touch with God, with others, and with our authentic self. I think that's a very helpful way of understanding how God speaks to us. And there's a lot of ways that God speaks. I love how Sue and Candy and Glenn, uh, I think it was last year, taught a whole class, week after week, training Christians how to hear the voice of God, sending them out into the city to practice it together. There's so much we could talk about. I just want to give you one simple way to start you on your journey. This sense of consolation or desolation. This sense that God is moving and you can sense that in your heart. Now, I'm not here talking about emotion, okay? Emotion is great. We spent a whole series talking about emotion and how God speaks through emotion, but this is not that. Here's a case in point. You can, ha- you can be sad and grieved and suffering and still have a sense of life-giving joy in the Spirit, right? That's consolation. Remember that testimony that our dear friend Colleen gave when she was battling cancer and still was powered by the joy of the Lord? Consolation. You can also be experiencing happiness and success and prosperity. You can have an opportunity before you, perhaps a good career change, and still feel this sense of desolation in you, like, oh, there's something wrong about this. Not talking about emotion. We're talking about God moving in the depths of your being and learning how to hear that. Uh, or in the words of Paul, it's that sense of the peace of God. Philippians chapter 4, verse 7. 
when we're connected to him in prayer, the peace of God, which surpasses all of our understanding, that is able to guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. You have access to that, brothers and sisters. God speaks. He's been speaking, and he's speaking now. My question for you today is, where are you in this spiritual journey? For some of you, you need to be born again. For others, you need to immerse yourself in the Word of God and just learn the basics, the rudimentary facts about who He is. For others, you need to open your ears, the ears of your heart, to listen to what He's already saying. I would argue that all of us need to be doing all three of these. And for some of you, you can start all three of them for the first time right now. This is the journey of the Christian life. And God might be speaking to you right now. What I think is an obstacle for most of us is not that God isn't speaking, but that we need to make space in our lives to listen to what he's saying. I'm going uh, to ask Robert and the rest of the team to come out here as we transition into a time of reflection, but I want to give you a few ways forward, some coaching on how to listen. Uh, I want to direct your attention to this card you received when you came in in this morning. Most of you, I think, got this card. If you didn't, we have uh, some cards in the back of the sanctuary in piles. You can grab them with pens. Uh, And the reason for this is it can be hard to wrap your head around all the ideas we've talked about in this series. Talking about hearing God, implementing rhythms in our prayer life, in rest, in work, in relationships, in other spaces. It can be even harder to remember after you leave a Sunday morning gathering, uh, leaving the space and going into your week. And so what I want to do is offer you a tangible tool to create space for you to hear God, to slow down, and to be present with Him and His voice. You'll notice this card has four major spaces listed on it, what we were talking about, prayer, rest, work, and relationships. So even if this is your first time here in the series, you missed all of them, you've got the general gist. These are places that God wants to meet you in your life. And these rhythms are going to look different for each of us. What I do in my prayer and rest and work and relationships is going to look different for you. That is the joy of listening to God's voice in your life. We're going to enter into an extended time of worship, and I just want to encourage you, my brothers and sisters, visitors alike, not to rush this. It's a beautiful thing to spend time in the presence of the Almighty God, to shut off our week for a moment with all that clutters it, with all of the noise, with all of the obligations, with all of the pressures, and to come together into this place, this little unassuming theater in the middle of Santa Barbara, and to say, pause, coming into the presence of the living God where the Holy Spirit is actively working and speaking to shut off the noise for a moment to hear my God speak directly into my heart about the things that matter to me because you matter to God. I want to invite you to use this space and this this little card to pray, to reflect, to worship, and to listen to what God is speaking to you. And then use these cards as a tool to write down what God is saying. Is he giving you new rhythms for your prayer life? Is he saying, hey, I just want to spend time with you. Go to the beach and talk to me. Is he speaking into your life about your work, about your vocation, about rest? Is there something in your life he's telling you to turn off, to slow down, to stop? What about relationships? God cares about those things. And he's probably speaking to you at this moment. 
Of course, if this is difficult to do with people around, feel free to take this card home and reflect on it this week. But whatever you do right now throughout worship, let's spend time with God together and practice listening. How do you listen? Just be still. Know that He is God. Let the noise just start to fall to the side and lift your attention to God who is giving you His attention right now. As we go, uh, we'll be focusing on, on each of these in order. And you'll notice that there will be questions on screen to guide your reflection. Let's worship God together and make space to listen to Him to speak. He is alive, He is resurrected from the dead. He sent the power of His Holy Spirit, not just to change individual people's hearts, to transfer them from darkness into the kingdom of His beloved Son, but He is now offering to each and every one of you something astounding, personal, real-time, interactive relationship with Him. That for all of those who are willing to accept it can start right now. Let's listen, let's press in. Let's give him our attention. In Jesus' name. Amen.